millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. You are joined by me, Ryan McGowan, and as always, James K. How are you doing on this fine day? You know what I'm going to say, Ryan. It's bloody hot. It's ridiculous. Even I've got all my sleeves and shorts rolled up. I've got my pasty white yeah. arms out. It's Yeah, hot. we got away with it all summer. All summer we were like, you know what, This the weather's been crap. Like It hasn't been that warm. And then September, for whatever reason, scorching. Yeah, it's been... Yeah, we're, we're officially in a heat wave right now, um, and it's not fun. I don't like it. I can't deal with it. You all know this by now. Um, yeah, every every year we have to say the same thing. England is not built for high temperatures. We're built for cold, and climate change is being like, mm, well, it's not cold anymore, is it? <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're really scrambling to, I don't know, everyone's just got this fucking 30-pound fan that blows hot air at them a bit quicker. That's our air con. It's not good. <laughs> That's fun. Um well, some uh, fun news since the last episode. I am now considered to be in my 30s. Oh, shit, yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you to everyone who wished me a happy birthday. Um, it was it was very appreciata- appreciated. Um, I spent it in a field in Wales with my partner in a in a dome just surrounded by nature with no, no, no nothing, no electrics, no nothing. It was, it was quite peaceful. It was nice. Um, yeah, the pictures did look nice. Mm. So yeah, uh, I'm now in my 30s. I can no longer consider myself in my 20s anymore. I don't really know how to feel about it because I don't feel old. And I know there's a lot of listeners here that would be like, 30s not old. And it's like, yeah, but when you're in your 20s, you do think it is. But now I'm in my 30s, I don't think it is. <laughs> no, it's it's ancient. <laughs> oh dear. But yes, thank you to everyone who wished me a happy birthday. Uh, we are now in a new era called Prime Ryan. This is where uh, Ryan's going to have the 30s everyone else should be jealous of and we're starting it. it yeah we're starting it uh 
with what Ryan likes to do. This is my birthday present to me. We're talking about a serial killer. Um, <laughs> and it's damn fun, man. This story is... It, uh, it's not normally fun, but this one is quite funny, I must admit. We've talked about like gallows humour before on episodes. Like Police have gallows humour. People that work in the services, military and whatnot. They get this like dark sense of humour. Um, I definitely have it. Uh, James, you definitely have it. And this this episode's yeah, it's it's, it's in there. Yeah, so, not everyone has it though. And I always find that people that don't have gallows humour are very judgmental. Just don't laugh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a simple. Just don't laugh. If if we're making horrendous jokes about things that should never be joked about, that's on us. We'll go to hell. We'll take the heat quite literally. Mm. You don't have to get involved. <laughs> yeah. So without further ado. Let's get into one of Ryan's lovely intros, and we're going to talk about addiction. Now, addiction is an interesting thing. Broadly speaking, there are two types of addiction. The first one is substance addiction, whereby a person can become addicted to a particular drug. We see this all the time. People become addicted to incredibly stronger drugs, which ruins their lives. And this is by far the most dangerous of the two types I'm about to lay out. And the reason why is explained by looking at how our brains work. When we do something we enjoy, we get a rush of dopamine, which reinforces that sense of pleasure. Basically, your brain is saying, whatever you just did, you should definitely do that thing again. Now, typically, these things can be evolutionary things, such as nice food or sex. But dopamine reminds us that these things are pleasurable, and we should just do it again. Now, the problem with substance abuse is that drugs are so good at creating dopamine that you can then become addicted to the feeling. So much so that you might even forego important things like food for drugs. Now the other type of addiction is non-substance addiction. This is pretty much what it says on the tin. An addiction to a non-substance. And no, coffee does not count. It is caffeine, which is a drug. These types of addiction can be things like gambling, shopping or even going to the gym. These are activities that give your brain a dopamine response and then makes you want to do it again. Now, one thing that both of these addictions have in common and what makes addiction so dangerous is our need to chase that original rush, which leads to ever increasing behaviour to get that feeling again. It might lead to overeating, maybe playing video games for eight hours straight or taking ever stronger drugs in an attempt to get that same feeling. But of all these examples, I bet you would never guess that you could get addicted to murder. So, let's meet the subject of today's episode, Pedro Rodriguez Filio, the YouTuber addicted to murder. Good intro. Thank you. Pedro was born June the 17th, 1954 in the city of Santa Rita do Sapuca, which is in the southeastern region of Brazil. It's pretty much an in-between to Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro, which are four and five hours away. And you know what's mad as well? I didn't realise how big Brazil actually is. Like, it's yeah, actually it's massive. Yeah, it's massive, right? So, I mean, um, isn't most of it the Amazon rainforest? A significant part of it is like agriculture, like Amazon, agricultural areas, farms, all that stuff. But there are lots of cities dotted in and around that I'd never even heard of. Um, there's a place, so I have, uh, oh, another another big thing. I ha- I start my new job on Monday. I literally, I had my last day for my work yesterday. Um, wow. Well. Congratulations! That me. into a description about Brazil somehow. <laughs> no, because the mechanic that we had working at our track is from Brazil. Um, called uh, called from from a, a place called 
uh, Guyana or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but it's near <laughs> a city. That's how, literally how he says it. Um, but it's um, it's near a city called Brasilia, and I never, didn't even the know capital, that was a city. The capital of Brazil. That's Sao Paulo, isn't it? No, the capital of Brazil is Brasilia. Oh, well, there you are. So it's near there. Either way, um, he was saying how, like, I was like, oh, is it anywhere near Rio de Janeiro? Because, like, we don't really know that much about Brazil when, like, up in Europe. We really don't know. But unless it's football related, I really don't know much about Brazil. And he was like, yep. no, I, I live nowhere near a beach. I was like, what do you mean you live nowhere near a beach? And he's like, yeah, look, look, this is where I live. This is where, like, I'm from. And it's in the center of Brazil. And it's, like, five hours drive from the nearest beach. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big boy. It is. So one of the most northern cities in Brazil, to get from there to Rio down in the south, it takes two and a half days driving. That That's fucking big. I suppose it's because like coming from Europe, we're so used to being everything condensed. Like if we wanted to go Italy, Germany, Spain, whatever, we can be there in a few hours, no problem. Italy's a bit further than a plane. But say like someone living in Germany wants to go to Switzerland or France, they can drive for a couple of hours and be there. Mm. Whereas, like, if you take, like, America and South America for, like, it's just so different. You can drive for hours and hours and hours and be in the same state. Yeah, that's always blown my mind. To put it into perspective for me, which blew my mind about the sort of the distances, from where I live now and where I went to uni is about a two and a half, three hour drive. And I was watching, it's from Bournemouth to Birmingham. And then I was watching a documentary about this ranch in America and they were like, oh, so the, the guy's ranch is about the distance between Bournemouth to Birmingham. And I was like, what the fuck? That's, That's crazy. mad. That's like half of our country. Do you know, when the Grand Tour with Jeremy Clarkson and whatnot, they were in Australia. And I think they said one of the ranches that they were on is the size of Reading. That's a big... It's just the size is so... Everything around us is so condensed, which I like personally because you can travel to and from places so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. but then, but then, like in Brazil, mad, wild, but yeah, very good at football. Mm. Now, unsurprisingly, Pedro didn't get off to a good start in life. In fact, he technically wasn't even born when his shit started to hit the fan. His father, Pedro Rodriguez Senior, was a bit of an arsehole who regularly beat his wife and didn't stop just because she was pregnant. Oh, um. In terms of the name, if ever you like research this, you're going to hear everyone say Pedro Rodriguez Filio as if that's his name. And Filio, yes, is as part of his name. Filio is the por- Brazilian Portuguese for junior, hence mm. Filio at the end of his name. Um, so okay. it's not going to come up that often because his name is Pedro Rodriguez. You know, junior is just an affix on the end of it. Anyway, yes, I'll get you. Yeah, it seems that Pedro Senior was so violent to his pregnant wife that Pedro Filio was born with a bruised skull. Cheers, Dad. Fucking hell. Yeah. So he's so he's punching a pregnant woman in the stomach. Punching, kicking, like throwing her downstairs, everything. That's horrific. Can you imagine that? Like you've seen one born every minute, right? And babies don't come out looking like you know brilliant, do they? But this one's babies come out look gross, but yeah. Like the, Pedro's come out and they've looked at his head and they've gone, "Oh my god!" Like he's bruised. Yeah. That would be horrendous. I always love watching documentaries about babies being born. The dads that like the end of it's been born like, oh my god it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen i don't know what the fuck they're looking at but that is no. it's, it's grim yeah it's horrific i like to think that maybe when it's your kids you're like wow this is the most beautiful thing this is my offspring but until i get to that point it looks like a potato covered in spaghetti hoops it's just it's horrendous <laughs> yeah i'm not about seeing that i don't necessarily need to be that end i can support you that's fine i don't necessarily need to be down that end 
And if you want another one afterwards, you definitely won't let me be down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing fancy about it. Which like when I, you know, when Kate Middleton had her first, second kid, whatever, and then like an hour later, she's just standing outside, looking great. I'm like, how has this woman done this? Mm, mm. Surely this is the most taxing thing anyone should go through in their life. I, I don't get it. But it's because the royals are not human. That's why. They're yeah, they're not, are they? The lizards and the healthcare yeah. they get is. Also, speaking of the Royals, happy one-year anniversary to Queen dying today. Yeah, I saw our memories posted uh, popped up saying we posted the uh, saying, you know, oh, the Queen's dead. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. doesn't feel like a year ago. Year's gone too quick. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> now, Pedro was the oldest with seven other siblings, and being the eldest, he met his father's wrath more frequently than the others. He grew up on a farm, but it wasn't a very wealthy farm. They struggled financially, meaning Pedro Filio had to take up work as soon as he was able. His grandfather owned a sugarcane mill, and Pedro would often be working there to help support the family. And it was here at the age of 13 that we would see a glimpse of what Pedro was capable of. One day, Pedro borrowed his cousin's horse without asking. When he brought it back to the sugarcane mill, he was met with a very upset cousin, who welcomed him back with a fist to the face. Now, that might seem like an overreaction, and it probably is, but it is important to contextualise it at the time. And we know I like con- context. Mm. Now, the family would almost definitely not have been able to afford a car, and a horse would have been the main means of transportation, as well as work. So for Pedro to have taken it without permission could have put his cousin in a very tricky situation had the horse been hurt, stolen, or died. But regardless of whether you think it was an overreaction or not, Pedro's response was definitely not warranted. He grabbed his cousin's arm and forced it into the sugarcane press machine and his cousin screamed in agony as the machine turned his arm into something resembling an empty tube of toothpaste. Nice. Yeah. Now, by the time their grandfather got to them, he was met with a bloody scene, one of his grandsons screaming in agony with blood all over the place, while Pedro was still attempting to force his cousin's head into the press, which would have killed him. He's 13. I've had arguments with family members before and even got into some, like, scuffles with my brother, but never this far. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever seen a sugar cane press, right? But they actually, like, imagine just putting a leaf in, like, a roller and it's so tight that it squeezes all the liquid out of the leaf. That's what a sugar cane yeah. press does. That's how you get the liquid out. And then put a, a human arm in it. Like, mm-mm. Now, luckily for the cousin, the machine was turned off and Pedro was apprehended by his grandfather. But his arm was useless. Pedro would be put in a local jail for two days before his grandfather refused to press charges and let him out to continue working on the farm, since they needed an extra pair of hands to continue working. So, not a good start, is it? He's attempted murder at the age of 13. But what's truly mad is that he would go on to actually commit murder just a year later, aged 14. Yeah, start him young, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, remember, this guy's had a terrible start. I mean, yeah, if, you, if you're born in the circumstances he's born in, it's only going to go one way, really, isn't it? Not that it's an excuse, but it's an understanding. Yeah, it, it, context is good. Pedro Senior had taken on a job as a security guard in a school. It didn't pay well, but it was a steady job for the meantime. Things went sour when he was accused of stealing food and stationery. He was adamant it wasn't him blaming the day guard, but the deputy mayor who was in charge was not really having any of it. He fired Pedro Senior on the spot. Angered by the disrespect levelled against his father and family, 
Pedro Filio stole his grandfather's gun and shot dead the deputy mayor outside City Hall and escaped, all without being seen. That's quite impressive. It is, but you shot the deputy mayor. Like, it's a political assassination. It sounds like something out out of a Western, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. Still unsatisfied by this outcome, he found the day guard that his father believed was the thief and shot him too, killing him. He's 14. Mm, yeah. Have you ever, you've seen Breaking Bad, haven't you? Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I, I'm not going to say it's a cartel. I don't know what they have in Brazil, but obviously crime is, is rife in Brazil. You've got favelas and things. Um, and there's that scene in Breaking Bad where one of the cartels has that kid who works with them, who rides around on his bike. Oh, yeah. And he ends up like murdering someone. So I think kids killing people in in sort of those cultures aren't it's, it's not unheard of. Yeah, maybe. Now Pedro ran and went to live with his godmother in Mogi das Cruzes in Sao Paulo. There he met the love of his life, Maria Apracida Olympia. She wasn't exactly a stand-up girl who would help Pedro get on the right path, though. Her nickname was Botina, which means booty. Either referencing, oh. either referencing the fact that she had a booty worth talking about, or it was referencing her criminal career of stealing from drug traffickers and selling it all herself. Now, I hope for his sake it was the first one, but even the second one's profitable, so... Unfortunately, it's a bit of both. Oh, really? She had a booty, but she also liked to get some booty. She had looks and she knew how to use them, but I forgot to mention that Maria is in her early 30s sleeping with a 14-year-old Pedro. Oh, that's not good, is it? That's a a (laughs) no-no. That's not good at all. Yes, Maria was a predator who used her good looks and womanly ways to lure young teenage boys to work for her. Now... Pedro's gigs included drug dealing, stealing from other drug dealers, and occasionally murdering said drug dealers. It's a dangerous life, but one that has a benefit. He is sleeping with Maria, who was twice his age, and it meant he was rising up the ranks in the gang very, very fast. Earning himself the nickname Pedrino Matador, a.k.a. Killer PT. It doesn't sound as good in English. No, Killer PT sounds awful. I'd laugh at you, but if you were called, what was it, something Matador? Pedrino Matador. Yeah, that is, that's a name. That's a cool name. Keep it, it in Spanish or Portuguese. Now, the new nickname is a warranted one. One night, three lads from the gang invited him to come smoke weed. When he got there, he noticed that they were all armed. He sensed that they were out to get him, so he pulled out his pistol and told them to put their guns on the floor. When they did, he killed two of them there and then and sent the third to hospital. I just... It, it, He's just ultra-violent. He just goes for it. Doesn't ask questions. He doesn't say nothing. He just pulls out the gun and just kills two of them and then shoots the other one and goes, right, fuck off. Go. But you know when you're watching a film and you're like, why don't the people just kill them there and then instead of talking about it, making plans, it'll come back and bite them. This guy does that. Oh, yeah. Pedro would never monologue like a Bond villain. No, just get it done. Yeah. Bond would have no... Mo- like, you know Bond is laying there being like, and this is the bit where he monologues and I'm going to think about yeah, what yeah. to do. He's not going to get that. <laughs> he's just going to no. get shot in the leg and he's like, what are you doing? Why haven't you monologued yet? And he's like, well, that's not efficient. <laughs> <laughs> now, Pedro would end up proposing marriage to Maria. We don't really know what prompted this, but we know that Maria was pregnant by Pedro, so it's possible that he wanted to do the sort of, quote, right thing by her. Yeah, um, yeah. I also want to mention that he's like 16 or 17 at the time. Right. 
So Maria accepted the marriage proposal of a 16, 17-year-old when she's like 35. Mm. <laughs> and Maria... um. Yeah, so they were going to get married, but it wasn't a fairy tale ending that Pedro maybe had hoped for. So, previously, Pedro had stolen from a rival gang leader called China. He'd taken money, drugs, and guns, and in retaliation, China's gang murdered Maria and her unborn child. Oh, no. And written on the wall in her blood was, We will get you. God, these people don't do it by halves, do they? They right. they fucking go for it. Yeah. Now, Pedro's protector was gone, and he was feeling vulnerable. Because remember, the, the people in the gang didn't quite like him because he was sleeping with Maria, so, and he was quite good at what he'd done, right? So he's rising up the ranks, but a lot of the like young lads were like, okay, you got this younger lad who's just rising up the ranks telling me what to do, and he's not been in the gang that long. They didn't like him. Um, so with his protector gone, he properly feels vulnerable. So... Mm. He wants to get his own back, but he doesn't have any protection. So instead, he disappears and he moves in with his aunt and uncle. And there he's introduced to the religion called Candomblé. Now, it's a hybrid of an old African spiritualism brought over during the Brazilian slave trade mixed with Catholicism. And it's got lots of like animal sacrifice and blood and chanting and all that kind of stuff. It's very, very bizarre. Now, he was told that he would have his soul cleansed and he would be protected. Now, with his old protector gone, why not go for it? And like I say, the ritual involved lots of trances, animal sacrifice, but he was now, quote, protected by a spirit. Now, this new world of religion gave him a bizarre complex. He believed that knives couldn't penetrate his skin and that bullets would just bounce off of him. He thought he was invincible, but most interestingly of all, he started to develop a warped hero complex. He started robbing food trucks to distribute it to the poor. He burned down businesses that were known to launder drug money, and he murdered anyone who hurt women. All the while, he was hunting down his fiancé's killer by kidnapping, torturing, and murdering enemies of him for information. See... Go on, I feel like you have something there. It would make a fantastic Netflix series. I, do you know what? We'll get to that. We'll get to, we'll get okay. to that. So, this is a very important distinction I want to make right now. We know, as the audience, with hindsight, that China killed Maria in retaliation for Pedro stealing from him. Pedro yeah. has no idea who killed Maria. Because remember... Pedro has so many enemies. He has pissed off so many people in the past that he has no clue who's actually out to get him right now. Mm. Luckily for him, he sat in a bar one night and he's met with a woman who happens to be the ex-girlfriend of gang leader China. Clearly scorned, she tells Pedro it was China who ordered the hit on Maria, which is a bit of luck. Now, absolutely furious... Pedro wanted to get his revenge. He discovered that China would be attending a wedding with his family. So, Pedro rounded up two of his friends, guns in hand, storms the wedding. The result? Seven dead and 16 injured. And to, and to celebrate a job well done, he sat down with his friends at the wedding and enjoyed the bar surrounded by dead and seriously injured people. <laughs> That's, this guy has like, is he a psychopath? Because he's got like no empathy or remorse or anything. Well, we'll get on to psychopaths later and if Pedro is one. But Pedro had finally got revenge. 
Yes, yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Pedro finally got revenge for Maria and his unborn child, but just picture it. Like, he shot up all these people at this wedding, and then he's like, right, lads, anyone fancy a drink? And he's just sat there, and there's someone groaning on the floor to his right whilst he's sipping a beer. And he's just like, shut up, I'm trying to enjoy the beer. <laughs> or there's a dead body on the chair, and he just sort of just pushes it out the chair as he sits down so to enjoy it. I find it yeah, such an weird. interesting thing. He's just walked straight into his wedding and gone pop, pop, pop. Scary times. This guy's got no chill. Yeah, really. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Pedro, calm down, take a break. And he will. But he has one more thing to do. Pedro found out that his favourite cousin had got herself pregnant, but the boyfriend had done a runner instead of opting to marry her. Now, he couldn't let this disrespect go. Remember, this guy's killed two fellas for disrespecting his dad that he doesn't even like. Yeah. (laughs) So... Pedro goes round to the guy's parents, right? And he says to them, like, you know, look, he's got my younger cousin pregnant and he needs to do right by her. Where is he? And they they agreed, you know, they agreed. They told him where their son was. He'd run off and he was hiding in Rio de Janeiro. And they assumed that he was going there to talk with the guy, convince him to marry his cousin, and that would be the end of it. Mm-hmm. What they didn't, expect to hear was that their son was found dead in rio see pedro had no intention of having his cousin marry a coward he just found him and straight up murdered him as soon as he saw him he just yeah he has no time for talk does he he just if someone wrongs him it's just death to them yeah yeah pretty much now, so far in the story, although I've not mentioned all of them, Pedro has killed 24 people all before he's 20 years of age. Fucking hell, that's good numbers. Like, that's Harland numbers in goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's a, what is it, a wunderkind. Yeah. <laughs> now, on May the 24th, 1973, Pedro is finally arrested by the police, although it isn't an easy arrest. A firefight broke out where several people were injured, including Pedro, who passed out from his injuries. When he awoke in hospital, he surrounded by journalists. Word had got out about his criminal doings and how he was supposedly a righteous killer who only killed those who deserved it. Because, for the most part, his killings are gang members and whatnot. So they thought, oh, yeah. he's just killing good people, not necessarily understanding that he killed a deputy mayor and another just random guard. Yeah. Now... At his trial, he was accused of having killed 18 men that they could probably prove. Now, the journalists at the trial were surprised when Pedro turned around and loudly proclaimed that that number is absurd. It's closer to 100. That's mad. The fa- he's he said it in court. Side a little- yeah, he's got people on his side a little bit. And he's just like... Oh. Serial killers, though, they have, they want to be caught. There's almost like that part of them that needs recognition for what they've done. Yeah. No, yeah, like I hear they're, that. They're, they're, they're proud of it. You know when, like, it's that episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'm sure this will ring true for some people, where they get that guy to confess by, like, sort of prodding him and goading it out of him by being like, oh, you're not capable of this. You can, And the pride takes over. Yeah. That Yeah, he, he wanted to be caught. He's so proud of what he's done. Now, I will... I'm inclined to agree with you because for the majority of the people that we spoke about serial killers wise, yes, they are like that. They tend to, they have a thing where it's, I don't think it's that they want to get caught. I just think they want the recognition of what they've done because they're proud of it. Yeah. Now, I think 
Pedro breaks the mould completely when it comes to serial killers. Because this guy... We'll get to it as it goes on. I wonder if it will become clear as we go on. But this guy just... I don't think he gives a shit about being known as a killer. I don't think he wants to be known as a serial killer. I just think he has this warped hero complex where he thinks that something's wrong and his only way of fixing it, he believes, is to just kill them. And that's it. That's all it is to him. He's not... He. We'll get to it. He doesn't necessarily hunt people like a serial killer. He doesn't stalk people. He hasn't planned things. He just does it. I suppose if you've been bred in a sort of an arena of violence, it's the only way you can communicate effectively. Yeah. So we'll get opportunities later on to sort of talk about our sort of theories about him. Um, now, I assume that nobody took him seriously when he said he'd killed nearly 100 people in court mainly because um, no other charges were brought against him, and he was found guilty of not the 18, but 14 people. Now, Pedro was sentenced to 126 years in prison. 120, that's that's American numbers, bro. 126 years. That's a long time. People don't live that long. Mm. Now, it is at that point that I might usually say, and he would spend the rest of his life behind bars, and prison was no fun for him at all, blah, 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 blah. But that's not the case. Yeah. This is not the end of this story. Pedro Rodriguez Filio is one of the most prolific killers of all time. Remember, he has a warped hero complex about his killings. He thinks that his killings are justified because he's killing bad people, which gives him the nickname the Brazilian Punisher. Fucking hell. Pedro is being placed into one place where all his potential victims live. A prison. It's oh no! He's gone. F- he's gonna go full on Batman on them, isn't he? He's like a vigilante. No, it's worse. It's like you know in the movie Watchmen when Rorschach says the famous line, "I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me." <laughs> yeah. That yeah. is what's about to happen. <laughs> oh. Now, for starters, locked in the back of a van on his way to prison, Pedro is sat with another inmate heading to the same joint. When the van reaches its destination, the guards open the door and find the other prisoner laying on the floor of the van, completely dead. Utterly confused, since they heard absolutely nothing in the van on the way there, they asked Pedro what the fuck happened. And he explained that the guy had told him what he was going to prison for. He was a rapist, and rapists deserved to die, so he killed him with his bare hands while still handcuffed. I mean, fair enough, I guess. Like, <laughs> judge, jury, executioner. Remember, he doesn't like anyone that harms women. So he was like, yeah, nah. it's, it's weird because his motives are sort of sound. It's just the wrong way of going about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it's probably safe to say that you don't want to go to prison in Brazil. According to the Human Rights Watch organization, many Brazilian prisons are overcrowded. Many inmates end up sleeping on the floor. Often, even on the floor in the bathroom next to the hole in the ground they use as the toilet, some prisons are so overcrowded that prisoners have been known to tie themselves to the bars of the cells so they can sleep standing up or erect poorly made hammocks off the bars. Now, most of these prisons are dirty or infested, many are old penal buildings from the colonial times and are crumbling and many have to provide themselves with their own mattresses, clothes, and even food, which leads to many gangs taking advantage inside these prisons. Has anyone watched, like, World's Toughest Prison? Have you watched yeah, that? Yeah, I fucking love that show. Yeah. So good. New series coming out on Netflix soon as well. Oh, like, I can't it's wait. Yeah, so it's so good. good. I've watched but a then, lot like, of it. 
he has the ones where he's in like the heart of Africa and South America and it's fucking shit. And then he'll go to like Norway and it's ev- yeah. it's like it's like student accommodation. People are allowed to leave and go do their job and come back. Arguably that's the better way of doing it because actually rehabilitating people, but it's amazing yeah. how different countries Well we briefly spoke about the Norwegian prison system when we spoke about Anders Breivik. Oh yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um and so yeah, this is the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Gang life is so important to the prison lifestyle. It is hard to survive without the backing of a gang who can provide you with food and protection. But you are then beholden to the gang and frequently have to perform ever more violent crimes to survive. Many prison guards have a more hands-off approach to prisons, since overcrowding and a lack of investment means that prison guards are often outnumbered and under-equipped to do their jobs. And this has led to a symbiotic relationship in some prisons, where guards allow gangs to run the place inside and they won't interfere, they just stop them from getting out. And what's absolutely wild is that this is Brazilian prisons today. In modern Brazil, this is what's happening. Can you imagine how much worse it gets in Pedro's day back in the 70s? Yeah, it would be horrendous. I suppose the funding as well is just not there, is it? Yeah, for sure. Now, it wasn't easy in there. Pedro had so many enemies, he was a high-risk target. But like Rorschach says... I'm not locked in here with you. (laughs) You're locked in here with me. And it wouldn't be long before he got a chance to prove it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Not long into his 126-year prison stint, Pedro was surrounded by five inmates carrying blades. When all was said and done, three of them were dead and the other two were seriously injured, and Pedro came out relatively unscathed with just a cut on his face. How does he manage it? Right, this is the thing. Pe- looking at Pedro, you've seen it, you've got a picture of him. He's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. He is not a big guy. He's a slim lad, and remember, he's like 21 at this stage. Yeah, it's just, I suppose it's one of them, you know, when you see someone and they're quite small, they're quite like weedy, but they've got that look in their eye where you're like, oh, you could, you could fuck someone up if you wanted to. They're not afraid to claw and Dude is do wild. all sorts. Dude's a wild animal. Like, he, he, yeah. he could just kill you. Like, he knows how to fight. Five guys, three of them are dead, two of them are injured. You don't mess with Pedro from then on. That's it. No, yeah. Now... We know he has a hero complex about himself. He believes himself to only kill bad people. But what do you do when you're in a building full of bad people? How do you choose who needs to die? Well, luckily for Pedro, this decision has been outsourced. 
See, Pedro is getting a lot of fan letters from people who are asking him to marry them, but weirdest of all, he's getting letters asking him to kill particular people in the prison. He's like a fucking hitman. Yeah, and like he doesn't know these people that send him letters. They're just sending letters to Brazilian Punisher, being like, ah, oh, can you kill that guy? He got sent away, but I think he needs to die. Mm. And Pedro's only too willing to help them out and perform some of these requests. What's he got to lose? Exactly. He's in there forever. Yeah. Pedro didn't ask any questions. He got his letter, assumed that the person named deserved to die, and he killed them. That was it. Problem was, not all of these people going to be guilty, right? There are bound to be some people who he killed that were wrongfully convicted. And in fact, it's very likely that some of those he killed hadn't even been sentenced yet. See, it's not uncommon for people to spend years behind bars whilst they await their trial. Because apparently, innocent until proven guilty doesn't matter to Pedro. Yeah, that's not good. He did have some senses, though. He didn't kill every single person he was asked to dispatch of. Oftentimes, he would go and see the person for himself and could, quote, tell if they were bad and warranted death or not. But that didn't stop him from murdering his inmate for snoring too loudly. That is a crime, to be fair. If someone's stopping you from sleeping, death. Yeah. Imagine that. I wonder whether he even asked him to try and like contain it a bit more, or whether he just straight or he up killed stabbed him. There him. And then. Yeah. Yeah. So, shut the fuck up. I mean, I get it. I've been in a room with people that are snoring loudly when I want to sleep, and I would be quite happy if they were to stop breathing. Yeah, no, that's fair. Apparently, I snore now, and I'm not not overly happy about it. No, that's not good. You need to sort that out. Yeah. And there was one inmate that Pedro accused of spying on him during a conjugal visit. Uh, as you could probably imagine, it was the last thing he ever saw. Yeah. Yeah. Now, after killing over a dozen people in prison, the prison system thought it might be a good idea to move him to a different prison so that maybe he could kill some other people there. I don't know. But (laughs) the thought apparently was that by putting him in a more unfamiliar surrounding might calm him down. It did did not. It did not calm him down. This is the thing, right? This is what, like, like I said, gallows humor. Like, this is not funny. He's straight up murdering people, but it's so absurd that it's quite funny. And because it's like criminal on criminal as well, it's it's easier to laugh at. Not all, not all. Will Will Hastings point out? Most are. While in this new prison, Pedro got some awful news. His mother was dead. Well, more precisely, his mother was murdered. Oh, no. Murdered by her own husband. Oh, Christ. That's right. Pedro's own father, the abusive piece of shit that he was, murdered his mother by stabbing her 21 times. Fucking hell. Well, it was coming, wasn't it, with his history? That apple don't fall too far from the old tree, does it? No. Now, Pedro was allowed to attend his mother's funeral since it was so close to the prison he was staying in. And also mainly because, right, you you do not want to be the guard that says no to Pedro when he's like, could I go to my mother's funeral? No. Right. You'll regret that. Like, You don't want to say no to this guy. Now, at his mother's funeral, standing over her coffin, a handcuffed Pedro swore to avenge his mother by killing his father and eating his heart. They're all words, aren't they, at that point? You're like, you're upset. (laughs) you're, You're grieving. Now... Pretty hard to do when you're stuck in prison, right? You can't get to your dad, you're in prison. And I'm sure he spent many days sitting in his room contemplating how he was going to get to his dad. 
but luckily for Pedro, the justice system would give him a bit of a helping hand. Pedro Sr. was placed in the same prison as his son. Oh, that's unfortunate for the dad. <laughs> like, can you imagine being the judge? Just be like, what one are we sending to? Where's, where's, Pedro, where's Pedro Jr.? Ah, we'll put him in that one. <laughs> yeah, because you'd fully know what was about to happen. Mate, I 100% have got, like, uh, bets on how long you last. Yeah, definitely. Now, to their credit, they did have the genius idea of putting him in a separate cell block to young Pedro so that that might stop him. But but it didn't. It, it didn't yeah. stop him. See, young Pedro feigned illness to get a guard to come into his cell. When he got close enough, he threatened him with a knife and took his gun and keys and left the guard in his cell. Pedro made his way through the prison maze, finding himself at his father's cell. He opened it up and without saying a word to his father, began attacking him. Pedro stabbed his father 22 times, one for every time his mother was stabbed and one more for himself. While his father lay there bleeding out, Pedro took the knife, cut open his father's chest and ripped out his heart. He then took a bite of the heart, chewed on it before spitting it back out onto his father's body. He's a man of his word. Yeah, he said he'd do it. It's fucking grim, but he's a man of his word. Yeah. Like, the guy chewed on his own dad's heart. Yeah, that's that's pretty ruthless. Bro, it's... That's a move. It's like Mortal Kombat. That's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's grim. Now, deed done. He then calmly walked back to his cell, released the guard, and handed him back his keys and gun. I imagine he, at that point, just went, fuck off, get out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm done now. Can you imagine being in that guard and having to report that? Where do you even start? You'd be like, sorry, he did what? I also (laughs) wouldn't be a prison guard in Brazil. No. No, probably not a good idea. Now, it's clear that being in prison is no deterrent for Pedro. The guy is literally thriving there, killing more people inside than he ever did outside. In fact, officially, his body count in prison would be 47 in total. There was seemingly nothing that would stop him, but it was his last spree that would put an end to the bloodshed. A rumour was going around about a friend of Pedro's inside the prison. Remember, he doesn't suffer disrespect like that. He found out that the rumour had been started by one of the trans prisoners. Pedro knew that the trans prisoners were kept in a cell all of their own, likely for their own safety. So Pedro succeeded in killing the person responsible, But then, he decided he didn't like any of the trans prisoners and massacred 15 other inmates in that cell that day. Jesus Christ. He killed 16 people that day in one room and still walked out. Yeah, he's a fucking nutcase. Yeah, dude needs to be put in a hole. Just in case anyone's not sure, he's a nutcase. Yeah. Now, it's hard to imagine what that looks like, and with good reason, right? But... We do have a sense of what it sounded like. Pedro himself described the scene by saying that he was left deaf for three days afterwards due to all the screaming. This is fucking mad. Can you... I have an image in my head of Pedro just sat on his bed with his finger in his ear, wiggling it, being like, oh, fuck's sake, I still can't hear properly. Yeah, and that's his major issue about what's just happened. That's what upset him, is the fact that he was deaf for three days, not the fact he's killed 16 people in one big dorm and no one hurt him. 
Yeah, this this man is got untouchable. Dude's untouchable. Now, apparently, this was the last straw for the prison. <laughs> they had Pedro psychologically evaluated where he was deemed to be a psychopath. In fact, mm. he was classified as the perfect psychopath. Now, because of this, he spent the next 10 years in isolation, completely secluded from other inmates for their safety. He was only allowed one hour of daylight a day, and that was always under the watchful eye of two armed guards who were ordered to shoot him should he ever step out of line. Now, isolation seems to have been the key for Pedro. He was released back into the general prison population after 10 years of isolation and never killed again. It's thought that, yeah, it's thought that Pedro had a non-substance addiction. He was addicted to killing, and while he had a steady supply, he just kept doing it. When he was denied his supply, he went cold turkey and recovered from his addiction. That's a really fascinating theory. Yeah. Now, you may be wondering, Ryan, does Pedro get time added on for any of his murders in prison? He does. And quite a lot of time. Now, remember, Pedro's initial sentence was for 126 years. Having murdered so many people in prison, his sentence was given a further 400 years added on. Maybe he'll get out. Maybe. In fact, he will. Pedro Rodriguez Filio would be released from prison on April the 24th, 2007, aged 53. I was joking. How the fuck is this man being released? <laughs> I knew that would get you. <laughs> yeah, Are they Pedro- done? Yeah, Pedro was released April the 24th, 2007, aged 53. He's done 30 years in prison. And he's murdered at least 47 in prison. That's wild. Uh-huh. Just this bloke that's got like, what, 500 odd years on his sentence. And they're just like, yeah, off you go. No yep. worries. Yep. Yep. Now, like. I, I, I can I can tell you're all confused by this contradictory statement I just made. Let me explain. Brazil's constitution states that a life sentence is inhumane, meaning that at the time when it was instated anyway, the maximum amount of time anyone could spend in prison was 30 years. Those big numbers that Pedro was sentenced to were just for show to display the severity of the crimes. That means that any crime committed whilst already serving a prison sentence would be then collated together with the ongoing sentence and regardless of whether it took you over the 30-year limit, you could only do 30 years. So technically, Pedro could have committed a murder on the 29th year of his prison stint and still got out in six months' time on the 30-year. That's fascinating. It's dumb. (laughs) Now... Yeah... It has since been revised and is now capped at 40 years behind bars. <laughs> because, mm. you know. Now, I also... Right, I can't help but think they've got it the wrong way around. See, I get what they're trying to do, right? They don't want anyone to serve a life sentence in prison. They think it's inhumane. I get that. And it was brought in uh, during the 40s by the then president. In the 1940s, the life expectancy of a typical Brazilian at the time, was the age of 48. That's so young. That's really young. So a 30-year maximum prison sentence was as good as a life sentence, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, that's fine now because a life expectancy is in the 70s in Brazil. 
and a Brazilian can then serve their time, still have time to reform and have a good life outside of prison. But surely you should do like one sent like one sentences for one crime. Not this collate it all together because you end up getting a situation where Pedro kills 47 people but can still only serve 30 years for one murder. But, but say he like was released and then as soon as he was released from prison went and murdered someone else, does then he just get another 30 years? No, you can only do 30 years max. So he, he can do whatever the fuck he wants now? That's the thing. Yeah, like, cause he, well, I don't know exactly what would then happen. We do come on to it later because... Remember, Pedro at this point has served 30 years max in prison. He technically can't serve any more in prison because the Brazilian constitution thinks it's inhumane. So we'll figure out what they do instead. But it should be that you serve one sentence, 126 years. Okay, fine. You can only do maximum 30 years because we don't believe in a life sentence for that. But then if you kill another person, you should be tried for that. And that is added on after you serve. Yeah, separate. So once you serve your 30 years, you then serve the next one. It should be concurrent. Not yeah, collated. Because as well, yeah. you have to think, right? Pedro should be getting like 50 plus life sentences for each of his murders. The fact that they're all collated into one, it just lessens the severity of the crime. Yeah, absolutely. It's wild. So, how does Pedro fare outside of prison? Pedro would stay out of trouble for a while, having reformed a bit. He hasn't murdered anyone, right? He would last four years outside of prison before he's arrested again in 2011 for rioting and false imprisonment. He would be sentenced to eight years, but having already served his 30 years, he would spend a year of it under house arrest before being released for good behaviour. Pedro became a born-again Christian and claimed he was a changed man. He hadn't murdered anyone since that massacre that got him put into isolation. In fact, he had a girlfriend and he tried to put the word out that violence is not the answer. When it almost definitely was the answer for everything he had. So a friend of his said that he should start his own YouTube channel to share his story and promote a better way of living without violence. So he did. His friend did all the filming and editing and Pedro was the main focus. It was called um, Pedrino X Matador. So like Little P.E. the ex-killer. Yeah. He has hundreds of videos and he's appeared on countless podcasts to talk about his life and crimes. In fact, his most recent appearance was on the Cometa podcast where he sat down for three hours talking with the two hosts. His channel has garnered over 27,000 subscribers and had over 3 million views. This guy's better than us. (laughs) Yeah, that's quite sad. He's also active on TikTok where he has over 300,000 followers. Is he still going, by the way? Well, videos of Pedro are quite easy to find. So what's he up to now? Bear in mind, this guy's killed like over 100 people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His YouTube channel has since been deactivated, mainly because on March the 5th of this year, 2023, Pedro was sitting in a chair outside his family member's house when a black car pulled up and men jumped out. He was shot and had his throat cut and he died aged 68 this year. That's quite sad, because I was about to suggest maybe we try and like get him on, but I guess, I guess that's not going to happen anymore. He he only sp- he only spoke Portuguese. <laughs> Would get a translator. That, that yeah, I know, I know something, yeah. yeah. Um, and what's scary as well is um, Pedro's killers have not yet been found at all, and that was in March. So they're just probably never going to be found. No. This whole thing has been weird. 
it's it's fun isn't it <laughs> that's the fact that the guy just appears honestly i've watched so many uh videos of him just sitting there talking about stuff and then like and so like you you put your arm your cousin's arm in the sugar cane press and he's like yeah he just really upset me like he punched me in the face i got saw red i put his arm in the press and da, da, da. And then he's even talking about like how he killed his dad and you're like right just so matter of fact yeah honestly like it was like like something bad had happened whilst he was on the way to the shop like that's how much yeah. he, that's how he talks about it now it's while pedro while pedro has a confirmed kill count of 71 it is possible that his kill count is somewhere in the hundreds this notion that he only ever killed bad people, which we know is not true, inspired an author named John Lindsay to write a novel about a serial killer who only kills other killers. That book would be called Dexter and would go on to be the very popular TV series. Is this about Dexter? Is this yeah. what Dexter's about? Yeah. It's based on him. Mad. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's they did cool. take the suggestion. They did take the suggestion. He would also be likened to the famous comic book character, The Punisher, a character whose sole purpose is to eliminate all criminals from the world regardless of their crime. So, you may be wondering why I spent time talking about addiction and why I've only ever mentioned the word psychopath when it comes to him meeting with a psychologist. Now, far be it from me to say that a qualified psychologist is wrong, but I think they're wrong. I don't believe that Pedro was a psychopath. Now, let's look at the reasons why. I do also want to mention before we get any further now, um, not all people with psychopathic tendencies are criminals, nor do they pose a threat to society. In fact, many people with psychopathic tendencies live a completely normal life and have very successful careers. In fact, I found out, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you at the pub the other night, that the people who score the highest in psychopathic traits are surgeons. Because the ability to cut open a human being, stuff your hands in it and sort them out and be able to then go to bed at the end of the night. You need to have a level of um, sort of a a level of no empathy to even do that, because otherwise it would would get to you too much. That's why not a lot of people can do it. Yeah, we do need these people, but some of them go the other way. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it can happen. Now, we did a psychopathic test now this is a test that was performed by channel 4 a few years back it was created by professor day uh, professor kevin dutton of oxford university who is an expert on the psychopathic personality he designed a small test to sort of get a general consensus um as to where people sort of lay on the um psychopathic spectrum so i asked james to do all the answers he doesn't know his results yet um and i done it as well so we're going to see here we go now james I mentioned that it was fairly close. Only 10% between it for you and me in terms of where we sit on the psychopathic spectrum. You got 48%. Is that good? Uh, So you're just under like half in terms of on the spectrum. So uh, it's basically that um, you can look after yourself, you can handle your own, um, you can be selfish when you need to be selfish, all that kind of stuff. But you're not cold, calculated, that kind of sense. You have empathy, you can understand people, you can recognise their feelings and all that kind of stuff, and you have feelings for the most part. So it's good. It's very, very normal. I'm a normal human. You are a normal Happy. human. Now, as I said, we there is 10% between us. I got 58% on the psychopathic oh, scale. Got to watch out for you. 
<laughs> which probably kind of makes sense as to why true crime stuff just doesn't affect me when we do research for it because i just don't necessarily i don't feel any of it it doesn't bother me yeah. i can read some of the most horrific and awful stuff and even look at it and get no feeling from it whatsoever whereas some people can watch it and get like a oh i don't like that i don't get it um yeah but if i see images like when we were with terry doing jack the ripper when he showed me that last image i was like this is fucking horrendous right and for me i was like now we're definitely putting that up that's fine yeah <laughs> but yeah. for the most part apparently i'm still in the normal brackets so once that's you start getting like 60s high 60s 70s that's when it starts being like okay we're very much in the psychopathic no one's in the 100 like 90s area they're pure like psychopaths um mm-hmm. but everyone has an element of it to them now, a psychopath, according to the NHS, is someone who exhibits traits such as a lack of empathy, have manipulative behaviour, and often have a total disregard for the consequences of their actions. So what does this mean, and is it relative to Pedro? Now, we all know that psychopaths have a lack of empathy. They struggle to feel genuine emotion for anything. In fact, they can become extremely good at observing human behaviour and replicating it. Now, they can have a disregard for your feelings towards them unless it benefits them. Um, often they don't care how you feel, but if that if the way you feel is going to impact them, then they'll mm. change that. So right. if if you not liking them makes makes things harder for them, they'll do whatever they can to make you like them. Right. Okay. Now this trait fits with Pedro, kind of. He has mentioned before that he feels no remorse for any of his killings he's committed. In fact, he ha- he once said the only thing he regrets is the fact that he got into a life of crime at all. Not the fact that mm. he did the killings. He's like, oh, just, well, you know, it's bad that I got in that. Which I find interesting. Yeah. But he is able to feel some kind of emotion. Remember, he had a deep love for his mother. Uh, he also cared for his younger cousin enough to kill her boyfriend. And he even fell in love with someone and was expecting a baby with them. So he can feel emotions. So what about being manipulative? We don't see Pedro as being a very manipulative person. He uses violence and fear to get his way instead of talking people into doing what he wants. He also doesn't hide who he is. Many psychopaths will hide their true intentions as it can benefit their goal. Pedro, on the other hand, is exactly what you get on the tin. In fact, remember, in his court case, he went, well, it's probably more like 100. Like, he doesn't hide any of it. In fact, he's appeared on many podcasts talking about his crimes and he never tries to diminish any of it. Lastly, let's look at the total disregard for the consequences of their actions. Psychopaths generally tend to be very smart and they think they're smarter than everyone else. And when it comes to committing crimes, they can be very thorough with their plans, thinking of the most minute details. They also tend not to be very impulsive. This means that they generally know what they're about to do and, you know, regardless of whether it has drastic consequences, they don't really care for it. Pedro is someone who is able to plan his crimes and also cares not for the consequences. So, out of these three, Pedro only really exhibits one of those traits. Now, they say that psychopaths are typically born as well, showing abnormalities in the brain, but we'll get onto that. So, let's quickly look at another term that until fairly recently was used interchangeably with psychopath, sociopath. As the famous fictional detective Sherlock once said, I'm not a psychopath, Anderson, I'm a high-functioning sociopath. So what is a sociopath? Again, according to the NHS, sociopath is not officially a diagnosis. Instead, the term antisocial personality disorder is preferred. 
They share similar traits such as a general disregard for other people's feelings and have the potential to manipulate people. But sociopaths can recognise and sympathise with people. They can also feel intense emotions. They have the capacity to fall in love and care for others but it's hard for them to do that and it doesn't happen very often. Now this would fit with Pedro Moore who only really had two real loves in his life, his mother and his fiancée. They're also aware of the consequences of their actions. If they do commit an offence, it's typically spontaneous and based on emotion, and because of this, they're usually poorly executed and can lead to the person feeling regret after the incident. Now, one thing that does maybe lend to Pedro's case is the theory that while psychopaths are born, sociopaths are considered to be made. Usually, people who exhibit these traits have a bad upbringing, such as being kicked in the head whilst you're still in utero, or having a really shitty abusive dad all your life. This can make someone antisocial. So while Pedro does share traits from both of these mental conditions, I'm inclined to think that he's neither a psychopath or a sociopath. I think he's someone who sits more in the sociopathic category, but overall, I think he's someone who just really had a bad upbringing, saw that violence was an option in life, and became addicted to it. Hmm. Like most addictions, you need to regularly up the supply you get. This gives you that same dopamine response, and for Pedro, killing was a byproduct of this rage and upbringing, but became addicted to the feeling of power it gave him. He even described it once in an interview by saying if he didn't kill someone, he couldn't sleep. Sounds like something an addict would say. It does, yeah. I remember watching a Louis Theroux documentary. He was in a US prison somewhere. And the prisoner, I think he was in for like drug-related crimes. And Louis was like, why are you in here? Why do you do this? And well, well, what's fun for you, like people like baking and stuff, really mundane stuff, isn't what's fun for me. What's fun for me is like drug dealing, murdering, whatever. And it just so happens that what I like is wrong. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like somebody's... Just people get, are wired differently. Wired differently, gets a kick out of it. It, yeah. it wouldn't. I reckon it would be one of those that if you were to put him in extreme sports, they'd probably thrive in that environment too. Yeah, probably, yeah. Now, once Pedro's in isolation for 10 years, going cold turkey, he never kills a person again. You might also be thinking, well, if he isn't a psychopath, why was he diagnosed as one? My answer to that is the fact that back in the day, almost every serial killer was classified as a psychopath or a schizophrenic who could hear voices and all that kind of stuff. My point is, we know more about psychopathy and mental health today than we did back then, and I think he was just wrongly diagnosed based on the medical practices of the day, and was actually Mm. just addicted to murder. So, there we go. That is the story of Pedro Rodriguez Filio, the YouTuber who murdered over 100 people. It's a fascinating story. I looked up his TikTok while you were talking, and like, it looks like a woman runs it now. I don't know who she is. It's all in Portuguese. It's a fan page now, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. But it's it's got, what, 300,000 followers? Con's done a fucking word of it, but... Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Honestly, it's such a fascinating story that I remember seeing it uh, a long, long time ago. And I went to see um, a show where a psychologist talks about serial killers and what kind of makes them and stuff. And she mentioned him there again. And I was like, oh, I've got to write this guy down. I've got to do it. So he's been on my back burner for a while. Yeah, well, it's interesting to have a serial killer episode that's like less and more... Mm, yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, less gore on this one, just more interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's the story of Pedro Rodriguez Filio. Um, just quickly, we've had quite a few 
uh, messages recently. We've had, well, I know we had a recommendation from uh, New Zealand recently, which was cool. Uh, we've also got some people uh, joining us on Patreon. So um, thank you very much for joining us on Patreon. Really do appreciate it. Do head over there. Uh, there is a poll where you can um, choose what episodes we do next. So um, I am going to be writing very, very soon um, the results of that. So the, the, whatever the result is for that, I think at the moment, just just to give you a hint, uh, I think at the moment it is, um, oh Christ, what's her name? Mother Teresa. Oh yeah. So eventually we're going to do an episode on that. That's going to be done that's chosen by the patreon so that will be coming soon too nice yeah it's exciting so yeah um thank you very much for listening i hope you've enjoyed it and uh yeah we'll see you on the next one ta Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.